This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never podcast. Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the None and Ever podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman-Roberts. Dave, welcome back. How are you? I'm well, Natalie. Uh, I'm very well. And uh, it just seems like these games are coming thick and fast, don't they? Twice, <laughs> twice a week, it's hard to keep up. It really is. I feel like I talk to you more than I talk to anybody else. It's just that we always <laughs> seem to be doing preview shows after preview shows. Um, of course, it's another midweek match and we're, we're trying to do some fixture catching up. So we are um, obviously recording as many back-to-back preview shows as we can. Um, listeners, do bear with us with that because sometimes we might have gaps in information or we might not yet know who um, certain teams will be playing or who we've got as opposition views, etc., etc. But we are trying to give you as full an experience as we possibly can. Um so with that in mind, Dave, we have a very quick turnaround for a quiz question to answer. Um, at the end of the Chelsea preview show, we asked our listeners, prior to the weekend, Burnley had played 50 league and cup games away at Chelsea since 1905, but which player with six goals is the top scorer in this fixture for these past matches played at Stamford Bridge? Oof, a toughie. What was the answer, Dave? Uh, it was a tough question, and you might have expected it to be a Chelsea player, but it wasn't. It was a Burnley player, and that was uh, Jimmy Robson. Uh, no Chelsea player had scored more than four goals in matches between Burnley and Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, uh, which means that the Clarets legend, Jimmy Robson, who recently celebrated his 82nd birthday, takes the accolade. And it's also the answer to the quiz question from the last episode. OK, did we get any correct answers this week? Who was on the ball with this? Uh, we just seemed to have the one. It didn't our, our usual um, uh, John Robertson didn't come back with an answer, although it was a little <sighs> bit before his time. Um, and a few of the other regulars we didn't hear from. But Adrian Caton had the correct answer. I think well, that might be the Adrian. second or third in a row. I think he might be our new quiz champion. I think he might be. I think he might be ousting. He is the Matty Vidra of the None and Ever Preview Quiz Show. We'll see what happens here. He's making a comeback. Well, as always, we will have another quiz question for you at the end of the show. So do stay tuned and let's see what nugget young Dave has got for us this week. Opposition stats. 
And then let's dive straight into basically get on with what we're here for, and that is to preview the Clarets' next fixture, which is a Premier League game, and it is Manchester City at home. This fixture is being played on Wednesday the 3rd of February, 6pm, and it's going to be live on BT Sport 1. Dave, why don't you kick us off and give us some recent history about this fixture? Uh, yeah, well, there have been seven meetings between Burnley and Manchester City at Turf Moor since 2009. Uh, six of those were Premier League matches, as well as the Carabao Cup game, which we played earlier this season. Uh, there's been just one Burnley victory in those matches, and that was during the 2014-15 season. And you'll be pleased to know that we'll be covering that match, which was also our last top-flight home win over Manchester City, in more detail later. Uh, in addition, Burnley battled to a creditable 1-1 draw three years ago. That was in February 2018, when a Johan Berg-Gudmundsen equaliser earned a valuable point. However, all the remaining five matches at Turf Moor in recent times, including the Carabao Cup meeting in September, have ended in defeat for Burnley. Yeah, not a great fixture for us, this one. Highlights! Lowlights. Well, let's try and see if we can find some um, highlights and lowlights from this particular feature. But let's get the, the worst one out of the way first. Let's go with our lowlight, Dave. What have you picked for this week? Uh, well, Burnley's heaviest home defeat to Manchester City in the Premier League is the 6-1 defeat in 2010. But there was an even heavier home defeat going back to Stan Turnant's first season in charge at Turf Moor. Uh, that match took place in March 1999 and was a 6-0 defeat, uh, which came shortly after another heavy home defeat to Gillingham by a 5-0 scoreline. The manager's position appeared to be in serious doubt, but chairman Barry Kilby kept faith when others may have looked to wield the axe. The Clarets looked to be in serious danger of heading back to the third tier, following another narrow 1-0 defeat at the hands of Preston North End. But an away point at Wrexham followed by a narrow 4-3 home win over Macclesfield Town, began an 11-match unbeaten run to the end of the season. The Clarets escaped relegation comfortably, and then, as we know, were promoted the following season, 1999-2000. Indeed, they were. Um, well, let's see if we did manage to find one, Dave. Did you get us a highlight for this fixture, please? Uh, yeah, our highlight for this week is our one and only Premier League victory so far against Manchester City, and that was from March 2015. Uh, one second-half goal and a clean sheet were enough to deliver a magnificent 1-0 win over the defending champions, a result which also put a dent in City's chances of catching Chelsea, who went on to win the Premier League title that season. George Boyd was the scorer of the all-important goal but there was a concerted back-to-the-wall defensive effort after that to ensure we held on to the lead. It was yet another memorable night under the lights at Turf Moor. Yes, we remember those. And although mm -hmm. we can't be there this time, we'll be willing on a similar result from our armchairs and sofas instead. I've got to say, Dave, a concerted back-to-the-wall defensive effort doesn't sound like a Burnley side I know and love. <laughs> <laughs> Not much. It isn't. Fixture flashback! Well, in our uh, first of our new features for the second half of this season, we are taking you back, listeners, and we're going to our flashback, our fixture flashback. Um, Dave, take us away. Uh, well, yeah, as you said, the latest innovation for the second half of the season is our new fixture flashback section. Um, each week, we're asking you to send us your matchday memories from a particular game from the past against our next opponents, so that we can feature them on the relevant preview show. 
Ideally, we'd like you to record your thoughts and send them through to us. But if you don't feel comfortable making a recording, we'll also take written submissions and read them out, as we did in the uh, the last preview show. Uh, this week, it's the turn of Emma Catlow, who's provided us with some memories of Burnley's home game against Manchester City from 2010. My abiding memory of Man City coming to Turf Moor, I'm afraid, will always be that first season that we met in the Premier League in 2010. Um, I excitedly took my sister for the first match that season to watch some Premier League football, uh, only for us to find ourselves uh, 3-0 down after seven minutes. (laughs) Uh, It was a real men against boys performance. Uh, And a real stark reminder, I think, about the quality of the Premier League. Um, However, um, it was a joy to watch Man City take us apart so convincingly. Um, And there were some real pinch-me moments. You know, you sat there watching the likes of Tevez and company and Vieira. um, And uh, we couldn't believe our luck, really, that we were in that Premier League that season. Um, The other thing that I remember about that match is it absolutely chucked it down at half time and there actually was a chance that we would, uh, that the match would be called off. Um, As it was, it continued to the end, we got beat 6-1, but it will always live in my memory. Excellent. Well done, Emma. Well, our next match will be the weekend's home game against Brighton. So if you've got a memory you would like to share about any past game against the Seagulls at Turf Moor, please record your thoughts and send them through to us at podcast at nonanever.net. Heroes and villains. Okay, Dave, moving on to our next section then. We're looking at our individuals and we're looking for a hero and a villain, please. Who have you picked as our hero? Uh, Well, we've already recapped our victory over Manchester City in 2015 in our highlight section, uh, but it's hard to look much further than the goal scorer from that game, George Boyd, as our hero this week. Kieran Trippier's free kick was partially headed clear by Vincent Kompany, but only as far as George Boyd, whose unstoppable low shot past Joe Hart was a goal worthy of winning any game. And for that reason, he deserves the accolade of our hero for this episode. Uh, Manchester City set a club record at the weekend with their 12th successive victory, so we'll be hoping that we can surprise everyone and end that run, and also try and make another hero out of the current crop of Clarets players. Who will step up and gain hero status this Wednesday? God knows. <laughs> what, about our villain then? what about our villain then, Dave? Who have you picked for that? Uh, well, the top scorer in matches between Burnley and Manchester City at Turf Moor is not a Burnley player, uh, but a Manchester City striker who played for them between 1998 and 2003. Uh, that player is our villain this week, and that's Sean Gota. Uh, the ch- yeah, yeah. Uh, the chant from the City fans used to be, feed the goat and he will score. And unfortunately, City took that very literally in matches against Burnley. <laughs> Uh, with yeah, with six goals scored by him in games played at Turf Moor, including a hat trick in that six nil defeat we mentioned as our low light earlier in the show. Um, although Sergio Aguero seems to have taken on the mantle of the City player who has a tendency to score against us, although he's not going to be available to play on Wednesday, and um, he hasn't quite reached the heights of the prolific Sean Gota, who, for his goal scoring exploits in the past, is our villain for this week. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, Turning to the match itself then, Dave, who is going to be refereeing the game? 
Uh, better news. Uh, Martin Atkinson of Wakefield will be in charge of the match at Turf Moor this Wednesday evening. Um, it's his first Burnley game so far this season, uh, and he was in charge just once last season, and that was for our 1-0 away win at Bournemouth in December 2019. Um, in fact, strangely enough, Burnley have won all of the last six matches in which Martin Atkinson was in the middle. And remarkably, we've only lost one of his last 17, a run which began with a 2-1 away win at Stoke City in 2014. Our only defeat since then was a 1-0 loss to West Brom in 2017. Uh, he's shown four red cards in 20 previous Burnley matches, uh, three were to opposition players and one to Burnley's Ashley Barnes at Hull for two yellow cards in 2017. Uh, the opposition players were uh, Andre Biquet of Reading, who was dismissed for his second yellow card in the playoff semi-final at Turf Moor in 2009, and his little uh, tantrum afterwards, if you remember. Mm. Um, another memorable one, Nemanja Matic, who received a straight red card uh, for retaliation at Chelsea in 2015. Uh, we were talking about that, weren't we, in the uh, Chelsea preview show. Um, and the third one was Hal robson Kanu, who was sent off for West Brom at Turf Moor in August 2017, which, as we said, was the only match of Martin Atkinson's at the last 17 uh, that Burnley had lost. Um, for uh, The video assistant referee for the game on Wednesday is Stuart Atwell. Good stuff. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, I know we're not going to leave it there, Dave, because I know you like to treat our listeners. So why don't you dive deep into the stat bank that you have and give our listeners your miscellaneous Stat of the Week. Uh, well, this week's stat of the week is one I'm claiming as my own, as I haven't seen it mentioned anywhere else yet. Um, assuming he's in the starting lineup, and we've no reason to think he won't be, uh, then this match will mark the 100th occasion that Ben Mears started as captain for a competitive Burnley first team match. Only Jason Shackle with 124 and Tom Heaton with 110 have been given the honour of leading the team out more times during Sean Dyche's time as Burnley manager. That is a good stat. I like that one. Um, well, usually at this point of the night, we introduce our opposition. Um, given just the times we're having to squeeze these preview shows in, we're not 100% sure at this moment in time whether we've got somebody. We have approached a couple of our contacts um, at City Fan Clubs, and we're just waiting for confirmation. So you're in for a little bit of a surprise here. I'm going to count down from three, and you're either going to hear an opposition view, or you're going to be back to me and Dave. So here we go. Three, two, one. Opposition view. My name's Anthony. I'm a lifelong Man City supporter. Believe it or not, we did exist before 2008. Um, used to go to watch City um, many, many years ago down at Main Road and down in Division 2 and Division 1. Um, and then obviously back into the Premier League and... and Playing Burnley's always been a highlight, to be honest. As a, as a as a what I would class as being a local derby um, within the northwest, it's always it's always been a fantastic place to go. Turf Moor, I've, I've been I've been there there many times. Seen us play remarkably well and come away with some fantastic results. And then on other occasions, I've seen us us struggle. And um, I, I I'm expecting a really difficult game this week. Um, I think the, the the way that Burnley are playing at the moment. Taking aside the results against Chelsea um, at the weekend, um, they've been on a real, on a real good little vein of form, picking up some some really good results. Liverpool and Villa, um, two two prime examples really as to how dangerous Burnley can actually be on the day against any team. 
So I do I do expect a really difficult game. I think the way that Burnley play with the two strikers up top um, will pose our defence, which has been unbelievable this season. Um, certainly in comparison to, to last year, to last year, which well you could probably say that it cost us a title. Really, the uh, our, our frailties at the back. Um, but we've been really strong there this season. But as I say, two two up top is a bit of the unknown, really, in the Premier League. You don't often get that. So I think they'll pose a different kind of threat to us, especially uh, at Turf Moor as well. Uh, with or without fans, it'll be a difficult place to go. Saying that, I think we've, we've been on such a fantastic run. Um, and uh, as I say, especially defensively, we've, we've really show, shown that we can show up at the back with Diaz, and Stones, who's been absolutely incredible this uh, this season, um, giving us that platform really to 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 play uh, with with more of an understanding of safety really at the back, I guess, and and more confidence coming on off the back of last season with a mixture of Fernandinho, Otamendi, Laporte, when it was fit, and Stones who was in and out of form. Um, so those two this season have been for me my our standout players, and then when you factor in. As well, the form of players like Cancelo, who's who's found himself this season after a difficult first year, um, Gundogan, who, if I'm honest, I'm not a, a huge lover of of, of Gundogan. I think he, he kind of flits in and out of games, impacts games, but he doesn't control games from the middle enough for me. But he's been in, he's been in fantastic form, especially goal scoring form uh, this season as well. And I think what's been absolutely key for us as well has been Fernandino returning into 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 centre midfield, and he alongside Gundogan or or Rodri, it gives us a different kind of energy and allows our forward players to 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 kick on. And then if you think about the forward players, the likes of of Bernardo Silva this season, who's who's, who's again found himself after after a difficult year last year, uh, and although De Bruyne is out and Sterling hasn't been in fantastic form. Um, Foden coming 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 through as well gives us a different kind of edge, um, and Maris is always uh, is always a, a a good player on on his day. Um, I think we'll we'll probably play with the false nine. I can't I can't see Jesus starting, and obviously Aguero still still not um, not fit and available. So I can see us going going with the false nine, which has proven to be quite successful for us this season. I think it'll be a tight game. I, I, I can't see. Um, I can't see us having that all of our own way tomorrow. Um, I, I don't make predictions about City. I never have, um, and, and and I never will. I've been burnt far too many times for that. But but you're going into the game confident and um, obviously hoping for 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 a good positive result so we can kick on uh, and cement that place at, at the top of the league. Okay, so what are your thoughts about the game? Uh, weekend? I, mean, I really hate this fixture, Dave, and I just I know it's not as bad as being at the Etihad, but even at home, it's like, can we not just forfeit this one and give them the points and we don't have to go through the unnecessary pain of having to watch it? Oh, well, that's a possibility. We could uh, decide to play a second-string team, <laughs> rest a load of players, and uh, and get ready for the match on Saturday. I'm not sure Sean Dyche will necessarily uh, take that view. I think we'll we'll go out there and we think that you know on our day we can we can beat teams at Turf Moor, but we know it's a tough one. We know that um, we don't get very many wins against Manchester City. We did have that one uh, we've talked about when when George Boyd scored, but again, it was very much as we said a, a back to the wall performance and. Uh, and we scraped a one nil win, so it's it's perhaps going to be a bit like the Liverpool game, isn't it? You're not you're not going to win very many of them, but now and again you do uh, grind a result out, and and that's what we'll be looking to do, I think, on uh, on Wednesday. But I don't think we'll be holding too much hope. 
of a of, yeah. a, of a win certainly it feels a shame as well actually that we, we're going into this fixture after quite a poor performance I thought about Chelsea I mean it's one of those really where it was just an off day and every single team in the league has a day where they just don't play particularly very well. I'm not overthinking that Chelsea result. I don't think there was anything spectacularly wrong. It's probably not going to define the rest of our season anyway, but it was just an off day. We just didn't play very well. We weren't able to to contain Chelsea. So it's a bit of a shame, really, that we, we're not going into this game with a bit of a confidence boost from, from a win, really. But I suppose once we get these fixtures out of the way, away at Chelsea and home to City, we've then got some pretty winnable fixtures. Um, I guess, Dave, generally speaking, are you feeling relatively comfortable for the rest of the season? Do you think we'll still be in the Premier League by the end? Uh, I think we will. I think the the gap we've built up, I think that we had a really difficult start to the season and we've we've done very well since then. Uh, there's now an eight-point gap between ourselves and the bottom three. Uh, we've got mm-hmm. a game in hand on Newcastle. That's our game in hand is the one we've still got to play uh, against Fulham, of course. Yeah, um, of course. But, but Brighton are, I think, only a point behind us now. So it's 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 tight just above there. Um you, you never know which way it's going to go. You go on a, a, a poor run, four or five results, and you you know another team wins a couple of games, and it starts to get a little bit um, nervous again. But I think we we've done very well since certainly since Ben Mee came back into the side. That seems to have uh, firmed things up a little bit, and I think we've yeah. got enough enough in the tank to do it. But we can't take it for granted. We do have to uh, keep grinding the results out. Yeah, definitely. I don't think anybody's suggesting that anyone's going to take their foot off the gas. That's just not what we are like, is it? Um, I guess from a score prediction, Dave, do you see any chance for us to try and get something out of the game? Or do you think this is just one where we're probably going to lose? That's okay. We move on to the next one and just hope we don't get any suspensions or injuries. Um, I think the likelihood is that we will lose, but I don't think that's a foregone conclusion. I think if the players went out with that attitude, then uh, you'd lose a lot more games than than you do. Um, I think that, yeah, you, you say, you're quite rightly say about the Chelsea game, um, we weren't at our best. But again, they only scored just before half-time. Mm, if we would have kept true. it tight till half-time and then frustrated them a little bit longer, you know, could things have been slightly different? In In the end, I think they were deserved winners. Um, they had the well. We we didn't have a chance at all, really, till uh, Tarkis had her in injury time, did we? Um, no. But it, it could it could could have been one of those where you could have ground out a nil nil, and it it may well be um, that's the same way we have to go on on Wednesday. Although keeping City to a uh, a clean sheet's uh, a, a really difficult yeah. task. They've got so many players, and they rotate the squad. Uh, they've got so many options in there. It's uh, it's really difficult. Yeah, I think I think my biggest concern about this game is just that. Just quietly, City have positioned themselves in the top of the league now, and it looks like they're going, they're in pole position to to win, and they are champions, and they are a t- team that know how to win titles. And I just just don't think that they will let it slip. So you know what I mean? They, they, I just don't think that they will let the chance to to get a, a foothold on the top of that table will they'll let it pass or. Oh, it's going to be a tricky one, Dave. It's going to be a tricky one. But I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think we're probably going to lose. But I, my view with this one is, is I'd, I'd just like us to compete more. That would be nice. I don't want it to be a route. I'd, I'd like to start us getting some confidence. For some reason, we have a psychological problem in this fixture, particularly away from home. I'd just like us to compete a little bit and actually just get a little bit of 
confidence and, and realize that we deserve to be there. Um, so let us know what your score predictions are, listeners. You can tweet us at known and ever, or you can email us at podcast at knownandever.net, or you can leave a comment on our Facebook page. And please let us know what you think the prediction will be. I'm particularly keen to hear from anybody who thinks that we have any chance of winning. That would be lovely. Cheer me up. Fantasy Premier League update. Okay, Dave, we're moving to the second half of this week's preview show, and we are, of course, at... The known and ever fantasy Premier League game week 21 has just finished. What on earth went on for our fantasy football managers? Uh, well, we had a full set of matches at the weekend. That uh, is what game week 21 was. So every team played once. And following the completion of those games, we have an update for the top five managers who are leading the way in the known and ever league table. And there's been a little bit of movement at the top as well. Um, Charlie Binns, who was our previous leader, uh, is down to fifth place. Uh, on 1,295. We've got Joseph Golby up to fourth place on 1,296. Uh, Gary Proctor's a non-mover in third on 1,307. Chris Stanworth's another non-mover in second place on 1,315. But we have a new leader. <gasps> Who is it? Adam Dennett is in first place on 1,324. Well done, Adam. That is very impressive. Um, he had a really good week as well. With 81 oh, okay. points, I thought I, I thought that he might have been the um, points leader for the week. But checking down through the list, um, that accolade goes to Alex Maxwell, who had 94 points. Ah, very good, very good. That's a lot of points. Um, what about Team None and Ever then? How are we all doing? Do I want to? Uh, well, you, points-wise, you had a decent week. You had 64 points <laughs> for the week. So that's actually up there with with some of these at the top. But you only went up one place. Um, You're in 237th on 847 points. Um, I went up another five places uh, to 113th position on 1,108 points. That was 46 for the week. And I've also closed within 25 points of the highest place, the No Near Never podcasters, who's Richard Steele. He's fallen to 101st position on 1,133 points. Good stuff. So essentially, I beat you this week, so I'm the winner. For for one week, you got more points than me, yes, but you're I still over 250 points behind. Winner, winner, winner. Am I, am I out of the relegation zone still? The well, relegation zone in the bottom three? Uh, yes, just... Good, Just. good, 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 good. Um, what about the Kings of Game Week 21 then, please, Dave? What was that looking like? Uh, well, they consisted of 11 players in a 4-4-2 formation. And if you'd had all 11 of these players, you'd have scored 136 points. Uh, they were uh, Martinez of Aston Villa in goal. Uh, we had uh, the two Chelsea goal scorers in defence. We had Aspilicueta and uh, Alonso alongside uh, Lewis of Newcastle and Matty Cash of Aston Villa in defence. Uh, four-man midfield was Salah, Pereira of West Brom, Eze of Crystal Palace and Trossard of Brighton Hove Albion. And the two strikers were former Claret, uh, Patrick Bamford and also Callum mm. Wilson of Newcastle up front. Good stuff. Um, I think we've got here, we've got a three-way... Did you say that what, what, the highest-scoring players who... They, they were the 11, but of those, the highest three were uh, Cesar, Aspilicueta, Mosala, and Patrick Bamford all got 15 ah. points each. So they were the, the highest three out of the 11. 
good stuff. I was I was really confused by that that stat in our um, stat pack for the for the show. I was like, I don't understand what this means, but I get that now. Um, what about the next of our new features for this second half of the preview show? Then what? Um, there's an opposition three to watch based on fantasy football points. Uh, yeah, well, Manchester City's highest scoring players in the Fantasy Premier League so far this season, up to and including game week 21, are uh, Raheem Sterling's out in front. He's the highest point scorer among the City players with 97. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is just behind uh, with 95. And Ruben Diaz has got 91 points. Uh, Pep's squad rotation policy means it's never easy to know who'll be in their starting eleven. Uh, but they are just three of the many top quality players to watch out for on Wednesday evening. Excellent. Um, so we've... Well, actually, how are we going to do this next bit then, Dave? Because obviously it depends on when we go to record again, doesn't it? Whether we're going to be able to get more of an update. We're probably going to struggle because um, Spurs and Chelsea don't play till Thursday. Uh, it tends to be sort of late morning, Friday lunchtime before the uh, update all the tables and everything on the fantasy football. So I think if we're recording uh, probably before that, uh, we won't have a, an update. We won't have the final uh, Kings of Game Week 22 and we won't have um, our table update. So we'll try and do something a little bit different. We'll maybe bring in some other uh, fantasy Premier League stats to go through when we uh, preview the Brighton game. Oh, you're too good to us, Dave. What would we do without you? Um, well, obviously, just st- stay tuned for next week. As Dave says, we will try and bring you as much information, stats as we can, depending on when we record. Um, Dave and I do try and leave it as late as we possibly can before we really need to get this podcast live. Um, being mindful of not putting producer, poor producer Matt under a lot of pressure, but also just being able to give you as much information that's out there because sometimes you know we can't record a preview show because there's just no information out there. So leave it with us and we'll see when we can record and, and what we can bring for you. Statman Dave's quiz question. And then finally, Dave, it is, of course, the much-loved preview show quiz question. What have you decided to set our listeners this week? And more importantly, have you been kind? Um, yeah, well, hopefully. It's a, a simpler question this week than last, anyway. Um, relates to uh, goal scorers, and we want to know the name of the Burnley player who scored Burnley's goal in the second half of our 6-1 home defeat to Manchester City in 2010. Easy one. Uh, I don't think it's easy, but I think I'm going to give a very good educated guess to this. Well, how do our listeners put their answers in, please, Dave? Uh, Yeah, get in touch with your guests using any of these methods. Uh, You can either tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. That means that uh, your answer's hidden and no one else sees it. Uh, That's at never on Twitter. Uh, Email us, podcast at nonanever.net. Or you can also reply to the preview show posts that go up on either the No Near Never Facebook page or on YouTube and we'll reveal the correct answer at the start of the next preview show. Excellent. Well, I think that is all we have time for in terms of uh, preview show business. Um, Any other business, Dave? What have we got in terms of community news and other gossip to share with our listeners? Uh, well, we haven't mentioned it for a few weeks, but the Burnley FC in the Community Food Bank is still helping families in the local area, something which is uh, more important than ever as the UK continues with the lockdown measures which are still in place. Um, there's a link, it's a short link, bit.ly forward slash foodbankfriends. That's all in lowercase apart from foodbank, F 
and the friend, F of Friends, uh, both in uppercase. Uh, we'll put the link in the uh, show notes. Um, mm-hmm. Or if people want more information, they can obviously check out the Burnley Community Kitchen website and their social media channels for more information. But uh, they're after physical donations. There are um, uh, physical locations around the area that collect uh, um, donations of of you know tinned items and and various other items as well, or for financial donations, there is a, a link for that as well. So, um, you know, get in touch and uh, and see what you can do if you're able to help out. Yeah, please do. Um, and in terms of fixture news as well, um, Dave's updated our fixture list. The Burnley's fixtures, times, and kickoffs have all now been confirmed up to the end of February. So there shouldn't be any fixture moves there. All the television schedule is out and, and FA Cup slotted in, etc. So I think the main one to note there is that the FA Cup game against Bournemouth is going to be on Tuesday the 9th um, at 5.30 kickoff. So that'll be a good one to watch. I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping we can progress to the next round. Um, and that's all we've got time for. My thanks this week go to Emma Catlow for her fixture flashback contribution. Um, if we had an opposition view, thanks very much. If you didn't, then I'm leaving you out the list. Um, Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his... <laughs> My special thanks go to Mr Bromley for walking past the preview show and deciding to drop all of his cutlery on the floor right at the moment that I was recording my outro. So thank you to Mr. Bromley for his special contribution to this week's preview show. Um, We'll try that again. To Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt for knitting this together and getting it out there. But my special thanks go, of course, to Dave Roberts, our stat man Dave, who puts in a phenomenal amount of effort into the preview show. Um, makes it what it is. Um, I'm merely a passenger um, in this show, and it's all down to his hard work. So thank you, Dave. Um, Finally, to you, the listener, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, we will be back in the next 24 hours or so with the analysis show where the boys and I will be looking back at that um, def- uh, win against Villa and the um, defeat against Chelsea, two back-to-back games to look at. We'll also be analysing... The transfer window, which, as we're recording this previous show, looks to be pretty inactive. But let's uh, wait to see what happens there. Um, And Dave and I will be back um, sometime shortly to preview the Brighton & Hove Albion um, fixture. Um, In the meantime, stay safe, look after yourselves, look after your loved ones. Um, If anybody feels that they are struggling in this extended lockdown, the none and ever communication lines are always open we're always happy to hear from you you can tweet us or you can drop us an email and we will happily write back to you if you want to chat anything at all clarity or otherwise um that's all from us this has been the preview show brought to you by the none and ever podcast until next time Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.